On this episode, we've got a design roundtable featuring three of the members of the design team at 37 Signals. I'm Jason Freed. I'm Jamie DeHanson. I'm Ryan Singer. And here's each of them talking about what their role at 37 Signals is, starting with Ryan, then moving on to Jamie, and then Jason. I'm a product manager, you can say, um, but it's not clear what that is. Um, most of my time is still spent thinking about the products in terms of the UI and how they can be better and where the rough spots are and, and what we can do to improve them. I'm a designer and uh, I'm one of three here at 37 Signals and basically what, what I do is uh, design interfaces with Ryan and Jason. Uh, it could be anything from marketing to email to uh, stuff for the apps. And uh, I typically, uh, these days I'm doing a lot less design than I used to, but I'll still do some sort of high-level concepts and then um, hand them off and have everyone else make them, make them work and tweak them a bit. Ryan and I work together pretty closely on like conceptual stuff. Front. What, what do you mean by that? What's conceptual stuff? Um, Sharpie, like a, Sharpie marker, just big picture things? Yeah. And Ryan's doing more of the actual coding? And, it's and, a little bit of both. Ryan's definitely more adept at the, or actually far more adept at the, like, implementing in terms of, like, in, integrating with Rails in our, like, infrastructure. Um, I still do plenty of HTML and CSS and whatnot, but as far as, like, making the designs work in the apps, um, things have gotten a lot more complicated in the apps lately, so um, Ryan's typically doing that when we work together. But as far as high level goes, maybe... Um, like we just redesigned the blank slates in Basecamp. And it's a design that I came up with and then we went back and forth and then Jamie actually designed the icon. So it was kind of a collaborative thing, but I like kind of came up with the initial idea and then everyone else pitched in and, and tweaked it and adjusted it and made it better. And Jamie, uh, since we haven't had you on the podcast before, maybe start talking. You, you've been doing a lot of work on the marketing sites. Yep, yep. And I'm wondering, that was one of the first things you did when you came aboard here at 37 Signals, overhauling the marketing sites. And I'm wondering, were there any specific challenges when you did that? Or sure. you know, what was that approach like? And maybe you talk about coming from uh, other another, experiences. Yeah, another yeah. experience. Yeah. Um, well, it was interesting coming to 37 Signals because they have a you know, distinct style, right? Everybody knows, okay, that's like a 37 signals look. But then when you actually get down to it, it's really hard to distill that look into words. Uh, where at Crate and Barrel, I was a, a designer at Crate and Barrel for about seven years, and it was easy there because it's like, okay, Crate and Barrel, it's all, all about the product, it's all about white space, it's all about Helvetica. So the product is hero. When you come to 37 Signals, it's sort of like, okay, what's the hero? You know, well, over the, you know, over the time of working with Jason and Ryan, I've realized that the hero is uh, kind of making it clear, right? Clear about what we're trying to sell, clear about what does this app do. So it's almost like the language is far more important than uh, visual design, where visual design is really supporting uh, the idea, which is the words or, or the UI. Um, so that's, that's kind of been interesting. I like shift. that. I like that angle. Cause it's like, instead of the, the hero or your guideline being a certain, certain style, mm -hmm. it's almost like the, the, the guideline is this ongoing challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. You know? Like we're, we're, we're going to make an HTML template or we're going to make a marketing site or a sign up form or a, a form to add a new person or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And it's always like, how can this be as clear as it could possibly be to the point that it's so clear that it's got our mark on it? Oh, definitely, definitely. So that's, that's been, been something that I've been learning and 
you know, I think that's the other thing too is, you know, as a designer, you're constantly learning about things. It's not like uh, you go, get out of school, you do a couple sites and like you're there, you're, you know, I've been doing this for a while and I'm still, still learning. So. What do you feel is something you've learned recently? Well, you know, definitely uh, technology or just HTML and CSS, just working with Ryan uh, on stuff. And even like Jason Zimdars uh, has been a great help just because, you know, he's looked at that stuff more than I have. So learning more about how to produce designs. And how about uh, coming from Crate and Barrel, what's been the biggest changes or what's been surprising to you? Well, what's interesting about that, and probably some of the listeners uh, have these same experiences, uh, a lot of companies are set up with departments. So it's sort of like, okay, you have the design department here, and you have the programmers here, and you got the IAs, and you got the project managers. And, And while they all work on the same thing, they also have their own sort of turf, you know? So people are really protective about oh, I, you can't do that because that's my job. I have to do the HTML. You just make do Photoshop and tell me, you know, where this should go and I'll do it. Just because it's almost like uh, they take pride in their work. As a developer, I take pride in my work, so I have to do it this way. But at um, 37 Signals, uh, it's sort of like the lines are blurred. You know, there's, there's definitely guys that are more on the, on the Ruby side than uh, Rails, but... You know, just with Ryan and I just, you know, doing some front-end stuff and uh, working with Sam, working with uh, Pratik and, you know, so it's a, it's a little bit more blurry, I guess. And uh, I'm wondering, working on the marketing sites, you know, the sites, we call them marketing sites, the sites that actually sell our products and that are public-facing versus working on the actual applications like Basecamp and Rise and Backpack mm-hmm. and the rest. Uh, what are the different challenges that you face between designing for each one of those? Uh, for the marketing sites, it's really interesting because, um, you know, you're trying to sell something that people have no idea what it is. You know, it's sort of like, uh, I'm trying to think. It's of not like selling show. a table. Like at, at Crate and Barrel, yeah. the picture probably sells. Exactly. Yeah. And that was the hard thing is, is sort of like, you want to talk about features, but at the same time, you don't really want to talk about features. You want to talk about what does this app do? You know, what what can this do for me? What problems does it solve? Benefits. The benefits. And I think we really, um, the one site that I thought we really uh, hit that uh, nail on the head pretty well was Backpack, where we came up with this idea of, okay, what does Backpack replace? You know, it's replaces just all this, like, shit on your desk the papers and all this crap and so so we can depict that that way and say okay this is this is what you have now uh all this paper and all this crap and and here's how backpack makes that better you know and i thought that was a a good breakthrough that we did yeah i think that's been an ongoing maybe the the biggest challenge from a marketing standpoint has just been explaining what our products are to someone who's never used them before Mm -hmm. Um, and we've talked a lot about how important copywriting is for design. Oh, for sure. Um, I don't know. Like, how, how do we work that that way? Because I think it's unusual to the way most people work. Is it a constant back and forth between changing the copy and the design? Because I know there's no just <laughs> yeah, text up front. Usually what happens off. is I, I, I put something <laughs> and then Jason's like, this is bullshit. Change it. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's kind of what's happening. Sorry. No, no, no. It's it's perfect. I mean, what's interesting is that um, it really feels like we, you know, when we do this like iterative design, we we kind of approach it from one idea, uh, and it's usually like too much crap. It's it's sort of like whittling something out of wood and. You show it to Jason, and Jason's like, oh, we don't need this, and this is not important, and maybe focus on this, and you start to kind of mold it together. And Ryan's the same way, you know, it's sort of like, what do we want to focus on, you know? And, and that's where design, it's, it's really easy to get carried away, especially with web design, uh, and with all the new fancy CSS stuff that you can do. It's like, everything is shiny, well, does it need to be shiny? And what's, what, what's the core of the message? What do you mean by shiny? You know, just with the gradients and drop shadows and be- bezeled text and, you know, I mean, it looks great, but is it really communicating what it needs to communicate? Yeah, like when we start to get into the heat of discussing something that was just mocked up, you yeah. know, and we're really going through feedback, it's like we're not, we're very rarely talking about that border should be four pixels instead of three pixels. It's much more we're pasting uh, different phrases and quotations saying how could we put how can we say that differently how could we say that more clearly and what happens if you know how does that f- piece of copy scan differently you know like if you put, put a certain keyword at the front of the sentence or at the back of the sentence if you make it two sentences or if you make it half as long or twice as long not only like what is the meaning of the sentence but also when you look at the screen like does the sentence catch your eye so that you notice that it's talking about the thing that you're interested in yeah a big part of that is recognize that people probably aren't going to finish a whole paragraph. So what can you front load? So if they finish 10 or 20% of the paragraph, like can you actually explain the whole thing in the first 10 or 20%? Obviously, it probably shouldn't be that long if we can explain the first 10 or 20%, but sometimes there's other details that are nice to know, but you don't have to know them. So figuring out like how can we get the information out there right up front as early as we can. The shape of, even like the shape of a paragraph or the sentence or we're working with, uh, we're redoing um one of the login screens or the sign-up screen for for um, for this thing we're working on, and uh, there's like a bar that breaks above the. How can I explain this right now? There's like a, a username and password field, and we have like a bar above that explaining, hey, if you already have this 37 signals ID, you don't have to create a new username and password. You can just log in. And so we went through. I think maybe it was like close to a dozen variations on that bar, but not even really the look so much. More like, I mean, there was some stuff with the look, but it was more like, you know. Should the sentence be seven words, or can we get down to five? Or maybe five's too short. Maybe it's not big enough to even notice. So it should maybe it should be two lines, and we kind of went back and forth on that for maybe like a, close to an hour on tweaking the words in it's, that way. It's a little bit too like this. We talk about this principle from Edward Tufte of least effective difference, and he's usually using that to talk about something visual. Like you know, if you're laying out a table of numbers. What's the least that you can do to align the numbers in such a way and group them in such a way that you can scan it and you can see which ones are you know connected with which like which numbers are in a horizontal row and which ones have to do with each other, um, and if you have like thick black borders between the numbers, then it might be totally clear where the columns are, but you might be looking at thick columns more than you're looking at the actual numbers. So what's like the least that you can do there? And the same thing is happening with language, where it's like what's the minimum that we can do. To, for this sentence to be clear and then you always kind of cut down to that point where if you lose one or two more words then the sentence is it's gone from being clear to being really really brief and sometimes people mix up this idea I think also programmers do this quite a bit mixing up the ideas of really really concise and compressed 
with being clear. You know, like somehow if you can manage to get it down to like, so people do this too, if you like have a meeting and you try to summarize something, mm-hmm. people will write these bullet points at the end that make no fucking sense at all. Right. Mm-hmm. They write these bullet points like, yeah. like um, add blah to blah. Mm-hmm. Right, like you take you took fifteen minutes of conversation with all kinds of rich detail and stuff, and you boil it down to this abstract bullet point that doesn't have uh, doesn't have it doesn't sound like a sentence, it doesn't sound conversational, and and it's like it was really concise and compressed, but it's not something where you just read it and you understand what it means. So right. it's like where's that magic point in the middle? Yeah, brevity and clarity are different things, and so we're always looking for cl- uh, clarity, and that can mean sometimes three sentences. That can be better than one sentence. It all depends on, on what you're trying to do and how it's supposed to look and read and where it is at the time. And so we spend a lot of time on, on copy. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned Tufty, and we've talked about him before. What other designers do you admire or have you been influenced by? Hmm. Um, web designers or any any kind of designers? Any kind. I don't know. I, I like this. I don't know where the influence. If there's actually an influence, but I like architecture a lot. So I just. I tend just to think about architecture a lot when I'm designing something, but I don't really know if there's any true influence or not. It's hard to sometimes figure out if you're influenced by something. Like, I like architecture. Or, yeah, admire, I think. Yeah, I admire, like, architects, like, great architects I admire. Different kinds. Mies van der Rohe, I like a lot of stuff that he's done, and Frank Lloyd Wright, and those kind of things. And I just feel like I draw a little bit from everything that I run into, but I can't really pin it down so much. And, like, Dieter Rams, I think, or Dieter, Dieter, probably? Dieter Rams, like, mm-hmm. you know, his industrial design's amazing, and... And um, I mean, I think there's a lot of great stuff. The iPads kind of showing the way towards um, simplifying interfaces. There's some good stuff there. Um, yeah. When I first got into like doing web design, I was paying attention to these really designery sites. There was like I don't know if people remember K10K yeah, Surfstation. Yeah. Right. It was like it was this sort of high tech, cool. The web is this new frontier graphic design. Style. It was really about the, the the vision, more about the aesthetic than anything else. Mm-hmm. And then when I f- when I somehow found out about um, Jacob Nielsen, uh, what is it? Useit.com. Mm-hmm. Um, that like completely changed my idea about web design. The site is almost ninety percent text, and he's really concentrating on what he makes bold and what he breaks into bullets and what he doesn't and how he highlights things. And, um, you know, the site today doesn't really look any different than it did 10 plus years ago. And I still think it's awesome. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it's the best design article on, on the web. And his email, yeah. he has an email newsletter. And it's the best um, email that you get from a website. It's the best email that I get from a website in my inbox because he thinks so hard about how to summarize the article into three lines. And he has a really thoughtful format. And that, to me, is, is still really inspiring. Join us next time. We'll continue this discussion with the 37 Signals design team. Also, you can go to 37signals.com slash podcast to hear previous episodes, see related links, and also we've started putting up transcripts of each episode there, too. Thanks for listening. <laughs>